The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. Oh, man. Um, hey, for uh, Charlie and, and Laura, you won't be able to hear me on uh, on the net right now. we got a problem. I'll work on it next break. Okay, so, hope you guys heard me. Oh, man. Right when I get ready to get on the air, two things go wrong. And uh, so we're on a different uh, connection inside of the radio thing. And uh, my headset setup I have for... Uh, going out to the web uh it isn't i can't get to work right now but I'll, I'll try it during the break at any rate so just one of those things that happened in the last two minutes and there you go if you want to give me a call all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276 and uh just got back from being out there in salt lake city and i met some people they came in from the uh to the uh utah lighthouse ministry and the only person I remember the name, I, I feel bad about this because I like to mention people's names that come in and hear. Two nice ladies come in, and we got talking, and then a Hispanic couple came in, and I was doing some Spanish with them, and then um, Alex and his wife and daughter and uh, and young son. I can almost remember his name, but the daughter was laughing at my stupid dad jokes and stuff like that. So there you go. All right. And uh, drove back yesterday. Here we are. And Luke was supposed to be on the air yesterday, but he got sick. And so <laughs> it has really been something. It has been a lot of fun here at the CARM Intergalactic Headquarters. So there you go. All right. Want to give me a call? Four open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Carlos. Carlos, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right, Carlos. Gracias. So this is Carlos, everybody, and I wanted him to call in. He is our missionary in Colombia, in Bogota, and he used to live here in the States. He speaks English really well, and uh, I wanted him to call. I wanted to introduce you to one of our missionaries that we have. I talk about them, and here I wanted you to hear who he is. Hey, Carlos, man. Thanks for calling. No, thanks to you, my Matt, for the invitation. Yes, and okay. I say hello to everybody who is listening to your show right now. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to ask you some yes. questions here, and I uh, just want to find out now. How long have you been working with CARM? Okay, I started uh, on July first, uh, 2018. 2018. Yes. Uh, I thought yes, it was uh, longer than that. It's only been well, four sir, years, I have, I no, I, no, I'm sorry. sorry, yeah, I have been working for CARM. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Let, let me correct. I'm sorry, 2008. Yeah, 2008. I have been working for CARM. Yes, eight, 14 years so far. Okay. All right. 14 years. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's a long time. And you and I, we got to meet in. Uh, let's see, we met in Barranquilla and we also had to meet in Mexico and uh, yes sir uh, yes yeah 
So I'm sorry about okay. Um, yeah, people in the. Uh, I need to tell people are coming in. You can type it in for those who come in late. We got a little disc uh, connection problem on my end. I'll work on it during the break. You can't hear Carlos. Okay, Carlos. So tell us, what do you do for CARM? Well, I do a lot of things. Praise the Lord. Okay, but first of all, yeah, first of all, uh, basically, I'm working um, for CARM uh, since 2008. Okay, I has been doing a lot of translation from English into Spanish, and I also uh, manage the whole miapic.org page in Spanish for all Spanish speakers around the world. Right. It has been a blessing because I have learned a lot of stuff in theology and also our viewers who are really happy uh, with Mia Pig in Spanish. Yes. And I do some videos too in, yeah, in you YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a channel in YouTube. Yeah. It is, uh, you, yeah, uh, yeah, let me talk about that. Yes. YouTube.com slash um, uh, Pic. Yeah, that's that's the, the page. M -I -A -P -I -C. And also, we have. M-I-A-P-I-C is Mia Pic. Mia, yeah, M I, yeah, M I A P I C. Mia Pic right. in Spanish. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we have been working in in the schools of theology and critical thinking and apologetics, of course, here in Bogota and also in Barranquilla. We have uh, right now a face-to-face -face school in Barranquilla where we teach theology and we teach apologetics to the Christians who are interested in studying uh, with us. Yeah. So, oh, um, and let me say, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Oh, no, no, no you, you, you go first. Okay. So, uh, we, in 2016, we had a congress in Barranquilla. Okay. The congress that you assisted, remember? Uh, mm -hmm. The time yeah. that you were in Barranquilla with us. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, it was a blessing. Okay. Because in Barranquilla, so many pastors don't know nothing about apologetics and it, it was a pretty good breakthrough uh, because you know we were like a, okay do you know something about apologetic and most of the pastors say no okay so Mia Pig is here in Barranquilla in order to teach you what apologetic means and why it is necessary for us as a Christian to defend the Christian faith and we has been giving a lot of tools to the Christian in order to defend the Christian faith. Yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, that conference we were at, and I also remember because my Spanish is you know it's okay, but I remember you were teaching, you know, it's yeah. you know mejor que nada, it's better than nothing, but I remember you were teaching, <laughs> and. Uh, I remember how much you knew, and I, you know, I could follow you, and I was like, man, you know, you have learned so much, and you really have. Yeah. You really, hey, I was impressed. Hey, you did a, you did a great job. You know, 
you know, yeah. I am so grateful with the Lord first and with Karm, okay, because most of the things that I have learned in apologetic has come has came from Karm, okay? And as a missionary, I has been only uh, I has I has been not only in Barranquilla, but in Bogota, in um, Rio Hacha, which is a city in la in the Colombian Guajira, Rio Hacha, Maicao, uh, Urumita, Cesar, which is a, a small town in in a place uh, that it is known as Cesar, El Cesar in, in Colombia. I has been teaching in Santa Marta. I has been also in Soledad, Atlantico, which is uh, a small city near Barranquilla. Oh, we have been in like a, oh, in Villa Vicencio, near Bogota. Uh, we have been teaching theology and apologetic in those places in so many churches and in Congress and in seminars. We have been doing a pretty good job, praise the Lord, because of that. Yes, not only in different seminars, but also through the schools in Miapic. Okay, right now we are running a virtual platform, and we have uh, some students who are learning about apologetic and theology and critical thinking too. Because there's not much of that yeah. uh, that's being taught in the in the Latino culture, I know that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's more happening, yeah. but it's yeah, not enough. And so. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I know that I have to to work harder. Okay, I I know that because times are pretty bad. Uh, unfortunately, in Colombia, there are not. Uh, there is no good theology. A lot of pastors are teaching about prosperity, about doing pact with the Lord, and, and you know, they are they are teaching wrong doctrines here in 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 Colombia, especially in Bogota. And besides that, Mia Pick, uh, we also teach Mondays about Matthew, the book of Matthew in the Bible. And it was pretty nice because yesterday I had two students from Argentina, one from Mexico, and we had several students from Colombia, Bogota, Barranquilla. And besides that, we are teaching theology. And right now we're teaching the School of Theology in Equatorial Guinea. Okay, we have a bunch of students there. Yes, sir. Well... I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, I didn't know that in Equatorial Guinea they speak Spanish, and 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 these these Christian men reached me like a, a month and a half ago, and he asked me, "We want to study theology here in 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 Guinea," and I said, "Guinea." I I mean, I didn't know where was Guinea at that time. And when I look into the map, I found the, uh, that Equatorial Guinea is in Africa. Oh, I was, you know, like um, amazed, yes, sir. And I found that there in, in Guinea, they speak Spanish. And this, this brother in Christ was so interested 
in 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 learning theology that I I gave him an, an opportunity and and I explained him okay listen you you want to learn um, about theology okay why don't you gather a group of Christian in your church and I'm gonna be teaching you every Sunday so what I do right now is I send them the different videos in Spanish and they gather in some place in the church and they are learning theology. They learn already the first subject, which is bibliology. Uh, you know, I was teaching them about the Bible and right now they are in theology. We are, we are teaching them about God and the being of God. And they are so excited, okay? And they are so grateful because when I say to them that me and Pig are not going to charge you any penny, they were, I mean, like, a, really? You are not going to charge us any money? I said, no, man, this is for free. Come on, we're going to give you, okay, the theology school for free. But you have to be a pretty good student. You have to do your homework. And I send them homework to do, and I send them uh, different exams and things like that. And they are so grateful with the Lord, okay, because of that, because what we are doing in, in, in Guinea right now. Yes, sir. Well, praise God. Well, hold on, Carlos. we got a break, yeah. okay? So if you want to okay, hold on, we'll get back to you after the break. We'll talk some more, okay? Okay. Okay. Hey, folks, okay. we'll be right okay. back yeah, after we'll... these. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Carlos. Uh-oh. Yes, sir. I'm, not... I'm here. Okay. All right. We have a little delay there. Because you're calling in via Skype uh, from there to the phone, and uh, that's why there's a delay. That's what's going on, folks. So, uh, Carlos, you've been working with us since 2008, and uh, we've met a couple of times. You've done a great job translating. Roughly, how many articles would you say you've translated from CARM uh, to Mia Peak? Well, I think that the amount that I have is 6,500 articles. That's, wow. that's the number of articles we used to have in, in CARM.com. But I think, Matt, that, yeah, I have translated more than 5,000 articles easily during these 14 years. Yeah. I have, through my eyes, I have seen more than million of English words, and I have learned a lot of stuff <laughs> also, okay? Yes. yes yeah, sir. you've learned your theology, yeah, that's for sure. A, yes, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right now, I am studying also in, in I'm trying to finish my master. Okay, but it has been some kind of a, a slow time. Right now, it has been a little bit hard for me to continue my studies. But I'm, I, I think that next year, I will be finishing that. Yes. Yes, sir. Good. Well, yes. good. You know, 
Praise God for that. I want to praise God for, uh, you know, your faithfulness. You've been a great guy, and you've done so much work. You're teaching people in person, teaching people online. You've done thousands of article translations, not to mention your own articles that you've written. You've done video. Yes, sir. And, you know, you've just been a, a faithful man of God, and, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure to know you all these years. It really has. Yes, my friend. It is a pleasure for me, too, to meet you and Ryan. I mean, uh, I never forget those days in Mexico, in Cancun. <laughs> they were pretty yeah. nice. And also in, uh, when when we were in Barranquilla together. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, you know, hopefully we'll... Uh, we'll be able to, to do something again. I know we're going to hopefully see each other uh, going to Israel uh, next year. And yes. so, um, yes, sir. Uh, by God's grace, uh, and, because you don't want everybody to think that comes with all this money, uh, because it just worked out with donors and some other people, some other stuff that we're able to go. So, you know, praise God and thanks. Yes. So yes. there you go. You got anything, anything else you want to say? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sure. Um, you know, um, I just want to say that we will continue working for his kingdom through Karn and Niapik. I am here in Bogota, and we are planning in his grace uh, to have a great seminar next year with you, Matt, and Luis Carlos Reyes, and probably a couple of more of more apologetics here uh, there in the United States. So you can come here to uh, to Bogota. And we can teach apologetic to the pastors and a lot of Christians who don't know how to defend their Christian faith. That, but that is the reason why we are running this kind of ministries. But of course, we need help, my friend, to continue doing uh, our job into the Lord's kingdom. Amen, brother. That's right, and uh, we're just uh, we're trying and we're moving forward. And God uses broken vessels like you and me, and uh, we're just trusting that uh, things are going to work out. That's all we can do. Yes, my friend. You know. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, okay. thanks for calling in, man. I, I appreciate it. So, you want to just say goodbye to the uh, the viewers? Say one last thing. Yes. Uh, thank you for listen, uh, listening to uh, Mac show, and I'm sure that you have learned a lot of stuff like I have been doing during these 14 years that I have been working with Matt, Ryan, Luke Wayne, Charlie, Dave, Laura, uh, David in Brazil, Togrul, Dr. Moses, <laughs> Dr. Yoster. I mean, I'm so happy. And, well... Uh, the only thing that I will say is God bless to you, all of you, those who are listening to us. And, well, uh, I will have probably another opportunity to speak through Mac show. All right? Well, I hope so. Maybe we could have some... Uh, yes. Have, it wish that we had uh, a broadcast. wish my Spanish was good enough to be able to reach out into the uh, Hispanic community and just do Q&A in there yes. as well. But you're the one who knows how to do that, and you're, you're good. You know your okay, stuff. So you. how can they get a hold of you? What would be the, the way they can get a hold of you if, if they wanted to? Okay. Uh, they can write to me 
okay, in in Carlos at carm.org. And but Carlos. Matt, I I have one thing just before we finish. Uh, sure. Is there anyone in the public that want to make a question about the ministry here in Colombia? I don't know if they want to ask something. Sure. They can contact you, and if people want, we could you know have them call okay. up and, and uh, arrange to have you on, and you'll just answer questions. We could do that. Sometime. Okay. If enough people call in, if you want to do that, you could uh, just email Carlos at Carm dot orgs. You know, Carlos at C A R M dot O R G, and it'll get to him. And uh, if something you know comes up, we'll do that. But I wanted you to come on because I, I've been talking about you and David Brito from Brazil, and we, we spent an hour on the phone today uh, on Skype and stuff trying to get this to work. We finally got it to work. That took a bit of doing. But uh, there you go. Praise God. And, and you're on the air here. And uh, I just want to thank you. Thank you. I just want to thank you, Carlos. No, You've my, been great. Man. Thank for, no, thank for the invitation. And praise the Lord because uh, this has been a pretty good opportunity so people will know what uh, the missionaries are doing through Karm in his kingdom. Yes, sir. Okay. 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 Well, yeah, and uh, we're going to have you on again sometime and, and just make sure that people know who you are and what's going on because there's a lot of people here who listen uh, to the radio who speaks both Spanish and English. And we want people to know, Carlos has been working since 2008 with CARM, and uh, he's been a very faithful uh, guy. Uh, I've talked to him countless times. I get to practice my Spanish with him. And he's a godly man who knows a lot and wants to serve God. So, you know, he's, a, he's great. And, you know, just I'm boasting you up there, just talking great about you, Carlos, okay? <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, right. no, that's okay. That's okay. okay and, and, and thank you, Matt. Thank you for everything. Thank you for a Nick. I mean, you know that we are so grateful here in my family. And we we know, I mean, we talk. Uh, I mean, your name is mentioned in my house every day. And, and Nick and everybody else when we pray to the Lord. Okay. All right. All right, brother. There's the break. We got to go. Thank you. And uh, we'll no, be talking again. <laughs> All right. God bless, okay, Carlos. Okay. Hasta luego. All right, folks. That was Carlos from the Spanish version of CARM. He's down in Bogota, Colombia. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Hey, before we get on the callers, just want to let you know that uh, if you like what you hear on the show, if you like uh, what uh, I do, what we do here on the, uh, the, the radio show on Matt Slick Live, would you please consider supporting us? If you're getting fed, if you are learning, uh, we could definitely use your support. All you got to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M.org, forward slash donate. Whatever you could give would be very, very helpful. Uh, we do need it, uh, as in any ministry would need uh, that support. It's the only way we can stay on the air, so we're going to be letting you know about that. And uh, if you cannot give, please pray uh, for us that God would grant us the increase needed to do what needs to be done. There you go. All right, let's get on the air with... 
Jose from North Carolina, whom we lost, and that was nice. Now let's get on the air with Steve from Utah. Hey, Steve, welcome. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh Uh-huh. What do you got? Can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, That's all right. Yeah, I wanted to ask a question about uh, Melchizedek. Uh, Okay. Didn't Melchizedek just kind of showed up on the scene as as a child? Is that correct? Uh, no, as a child, he was a king, a king of Salem, and uh, he was used by the writers of the New Testament to designate the superiority of Christ and typology of Melchizedek in the Old Testament. Okay? But they never had any, he didn't have any parents, any lineage that came about? Well, yes, he did, uh, because what when it says without father, without mother, it's like a great uh, um, designation of honor, and uh, it doesn't mean he wasn't a human being. Some people say it was a pre-incarnate Christ who was somehow the ruler for a long period of time, and that just doesn't fit. Uh, that's not an incarnation. Yeah, and I, I, that's what I had heard, and I didn't know the full story behind it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes. But he, he does have, he does, did have parents. And is, he, is there anything in the Bible that says anything about his parents were? No. Nope. Nothing I'm aware of. Okay. So he's a figure okay. used in the Old Testament as a representation of a lot of stuff. So we have an article, uh, Who Was Melchizedek? It's on CARM. You can check it out. We've got some research on there, and you can see what you think about that. You know, It's a good question because there's definitely... In fact, I, w- I preached a couple of days ago, and I mentioned Melchizedek briefly when he brought wine or bread and wine out to Abraham and blessed Abraham. And bread and wine, communion. You know, Just like Joseph was in prison for two years, and the bra- baker and the winemaker were there with him. So... Uh, that that theme shows up, and it's pointing to Christ. Okay. Okay. So there is this, anything about the theory or anything of him being the pre-incarnate Christ? Because of the it's way he kind of showed up on the scene. It's, uh, it's just something I'd heard. I hadn't really done a lot of study on it or anything. Yeah, it's just uh, one of the theories. Is all it is, and I don't. I do not affirm that he was the pre-incarnate Christ. Now, there are some who do. Uh, I'm not going to knock them for it, but I don't believe so. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, he just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Me, I mean. Yes. But you got to understand that the writers of the Old Testament in Genesis and Psalms and in Hebrew, that they brought him up and out in order to relate uh, him to the ministry and work of Christ. And that's why he was focused on. So there are a lot of, actually there's a lot of stuff people don't realize that the Old Testament writers had access to other books and other documents that were history. And so uh, there's a, oh darn, there is a word for that. And I'm going to get this going. I got to find it. But yeah, here we go. Let's see. 
there's a concept taught, Haggadah, that's what it is. It's called Haggadah, the interpretation of the historical and religious passages of Jewish scripture that are not legal in character. Are you making noises in the background? You got something going on there? I'm hearing some stuff. Uh, I'm actually driving. But I ah, okay. Okay. Maybe it's the uh, uh, feedback from the the, uh, the radio. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, that's what it is. It's called the Haggadah. And uh, Haggadah... Haggadic, it's a new world, new word. Haggadic tests often supplement the biblical narrative. For example, uh, a Haggadah in the New Testament would be Second uh, Timothy three eight, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, but they, they are not mentioned in the Old Testament. But yet they are put in the New Testament as being authentic because they had access, the writers had access to other stuff like the Talmud, the, the Mishnah, things like that. And they knew what was authentic and not under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And also Jude 9, but Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce a, uh, against him a railing judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So uh, there you go, you know, just stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so so uh, Christ is the only priest after the order of Belchizedek. That's what right. I told. Yes, that's correct. It's critical that we understand only one high priest exists. He's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews six twenty seven twenty five. The LDS Church says the Melchizedek priesthood is still around for today. It can be held by all kinds of people, all, all, numerous people. And, right, I, mean, I understand that. So. Yeah, yeah, um, it's because they don't understand scripture, and then they they uh, cast doubt on its reliability, just as Satan did with to Eve. Did God really say? And what they're saying is God failed to keep His word secure because His His word is Him His own word, so He's not going to let people just come in and corrupt all of it because that would essentially be making God a liar. He can preserve his word, and his word will not come back empty without accomplishing what he desires. If it's corrupted, then his word can't come back in, uh, with, with power. So, you know, anyway, it's just stuff like that, okay? Okay, well, thank you very much, Matt. Hey, you're welcome. No problem, Steve. All right, God bless. God bless. God bless. All right. Hey folks, if you want to give me a call, we have five open lines, 877-207-2276. Wasn't that interesting? I learned the Haggadah uh, just a week or two ago. And what I've, you know, as I tell people what I do is I have lots of files uh, where I get out, outlines. And I use outlines a great deal. It started off a few years ago with one, and then I said, wait a minute, I can do another one. I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably 30 or 40 outlines that I've got that uh, I, I, I write on various things. Are probably, I don't know, I don't know how many words, I mean, pages total. My outlines on annihilationism are, I don't know, 120 pages on Catholicism, like it's 190 pages. And so... I started one a couple, three weeks ago on Judaism, and it's only five pages. And that's how things start. They start off a little bit. I get my bibliography, and people that are being uh, refer that referenced are referenced by, uh, by Jews. Now, the reason I started this 
is because when I was on the web a while back and a Jew, they call, we call them anti-missionaries, they're hostile and uh, not all Jews are, but some of them are hostile and they have alternate interpretations of the verses we use that point to Jesus. And this one guy, he came on and he was very rude and condescending. And when I would start to speak to him, I'd say, well, what about this? Like, he would just cut me off and go, you can see this, you can see that, let's go over here. And he was just really, you know, he was, he was so fast in his speech. I said, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about these things. Don't just give me 15 verses at 80 miles an hour and think you proved anything. And so it, the conversation did not go well because I just asked him to be polite and, and be uh, slow and just look at what he says in context. And so let's just say that the conversation did not end up going well because he wouldn't, he wouldn't speak politely. He was, uh, let's just say, rude. So nevertheless, I thought, you know, I'm going to start a uh, file on Catholicism, uh, excuse me, on Judaism. And what, one of the things I do in different files, on different groups, like I'm, I'll have one on Mormonism, for example. And uh, what I'll do is... Uh, well, you know, I'll go through and I have a section called verses at the very end, and it'll be verses they use for whatever purpose they use them. I'll, t I'll write out the verse, and then I'll put, the, I put in red the word claim, and then green the word response, so that I can see what they're saying and the response that I've worked on and, and measured out and calculated according to the text. And uh, I don't have a great memory, folks. I've got a lot to learn. Hey! We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's get to Bill from Maryland. Welcome, Bill. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Sure, no problem. So what do you got, man? What's up? Um, hey, I just want to tell you I heard you preach on Sunday, and that, uh, that was good stuff. Oh, online, you mean? Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I watched online. So okay. I, I had never heard anyone um, connect communion with, uh, with the Eternal Covenant in Hebrews. Is that right? Yeah, Hebrews thirteen twenty and covenant relationship and fellowship and the future and the past as well as he designates that he won't drink again until he returns. So it's eschatological. We're to do it in continuation of the covenant sign. Yep. Yeah. Theology yeah. is important. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I never heard that before. It's really, uh, really good. Well, praise God, man. Praise God. All right. Amen. Hey, hey, Matt. So, mm -hmm. so my question for you. Um, would be um, there's passages in Scripture that you know when I read them they're just like like they're not possible for me you know like for example <laughs> Matthew uh, chapter five forty eight you know where Jesus mm -hmm. says be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect and that's right you know First Peter one sixteen you know he says yeah. you know be holy for I am holy so so how do I how do I I understand these verses just as they say God wants to be perfect He wants to be holy. Now, there's more to it, but that's the first thing. That's what he wants. Now, people will say, well, wait a minute. God would never ask you to do something you can't do. Where's that in the Bible? 
See, God doesn't lower his moral standard to our level. He raises us up to his. Whether we can do it or not is not the issue. Because he's the standard of righteousness, he will say, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now the context is about loving everyone equally. That's what the context is in Matthew 5, 43-48. So we're to do that because he's the standard and that's what's right. And be holy for I am holy, First Peter 1, 16, because he's the one who's holy. But we can't do it. So would God ever ask you to do something you can't do? Of course. And he, of course, recognizes our inability. And this is why we have Jesus. Because Jesus is God in flesh, second person of the Trinity. And he is the one who became flesh and gave us what we need. So in Christ, we're considered perfect. In Christ, we're considered holy. Now, that certainly is not to say that God is not aware of our sin and our failure. But you got to understand what's really important is that God the Father sees us in Christ. Now, in Christ, as I mentioned in the sermon on, on Sunday, uh, the issue of federal headship out of Ephesians 1.4, he, as the Father, chose us, that's the elect, in him, that's the Son, before the foundation of the world. So he was he chose us for salvation. Second Thessalonians two thirteen says God chose us for salvation. That's what it says. So he chose us, he gave us to the Son. In John six thirty seven, Jesus says, All that the Father has given me will come to me. And so what we are, we are in Christ from eternity ago. And so God has given us everything we need in Christ. It's the now and the not yet. The now is, I'm a sinner, and not yet am I glorified. Yet, there's a sense in which I already am glorified. Romans uh, 8, uh, 29 and 30. And so, we have to understand that in God's mind, he knows the reality, of course, of our sinfulness. But because we are in Christ, Ephesians 1, 4, died with Christ, Romans 6, 6, crucified with him, Romans 6, 8. Then he sees us having died to the law, Romans 7, 4 in Christ, purified and ready. And so therefore, he says, be holy as I'm holy. And so through Christ filtered to us, it works. And if our works filtered through Christ to the Father, it works. And that's how it can be done. Okay? I see. Very good. Very good. Well, you answered my question, man. I, I thank you very much. Do you, do you have time for one more? Or is there somebody in sure. line? Yeah, there's two others in line, um, but uh, is it quick? Okay, yeah, yeah, quick. Hey, Matt, when it, when it comes to repentance, um, you know, I understand that re repentance itself doesn't save. But uh, but is, is there a sense in which if someone, you know, will not repent of sin, like, for example, if they're living in sin and they know it's sinful and, the, and they won't repent of it, then mm -hmm. does, in that sense, does it mean that because the person fails to repent that, that they won't be saved? Is that, does that sound correct? Their lack of repentance is an evidence that they aren't saved. They are not in that condition saved. Uh, we can't lose our salvation. I can go through all that. I know people d debate that, but that is my firm stance. I'm not going to deviate on that. Jesus says, will the fathers that Jesus lose none of all that he's been given? John 6, 37 through 40. Jesus can't fail to do the will of the Father. We can't be lost. He canceled our sin at the cross. Colossians 2, 14. I can go into it in depth. But someone who does not repent of sin is a liar. 
Because First John 2, 4 says, if you say you know him and do not keep his commandments, the truth is not in you and you're a liar. So if someone says, yeah, I believe in Christ, I trust in Christ, and I still live in, in, in sin with my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, I, I say to those people, I say, don't call yourself a Christian. And if by any chance you are really regenerate and you're in such rebellion, God's going to discipline you and you're lucky he's still let you breathe because he might kill you in order to take you home. Go read 1 Corinthians chapter or actually 5 for that and uh, 1 Corinthians 5. So gotcha. to I warn people, if you really are saved and you're going into sin like that, and the hardness of, of your sin is is working against you, and so that you don't feel it in, much anymore, then God may, may very well just kill you. And that's it. Or it's the case that you're not saved, and then they need the gospel. And I'd say, look, if you don't repent of this, you don't turn from this, it's evidence you're not saved, uh, you know, the fires of hell are, are waiting for you. Because you're putting your own pleasure and your own sensibilities and your own morality before the blood of Christ, before the sacrifice of Christ. And the judgment of God is upon you right now, and they'll fall even heavier upon you on the day of, of judgment. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, well, well, thank you very much, All right. Matt. All right, Thank Bill. you. God, God, God bless. All right. All right, let's get to Cody from Ohio. Hey, Cody, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. So what do you got, buddy? Yeah, so, so okay, so I was listening, as I do every day, and uh, I heard a guy asking you a question about um, Moses' body whenever Michael the Archangel was contending with Satan, and he said mm -hmm. he didn't. He durst not give him a railing accusation. But instead, he said, the Lord rebuke you. So what does that mean? The devil is an incredibly powerful creature. And he is incredibly evil. We should not pray to him, as many Christians do in their prayers. They start talking to the devil. The devil, I rebuke you. And they're talking to the devil yeah. and praying to the devil. And so they shouldn't be doing that. That was a, yeah, yeah, that's an issue. I've, that, that's, I've heard a lot of Christians and whatnot they do that they 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 say they, they sin they rebuke you they do or, or they bind you because of being bound on whatever yes. you bind on earth is bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven and they try to bind satan and, it's, and i've been yes a little so, bit confused on that they're in sin while they pray to the devil they should never pray so technically praying to, to the devil Yes, it is praying to the devil. Prayer is an address to a spiritual being that's not there next to you, you know, and that you give a conversation with someone in the room. You pray to God. You say, Lord, you know, would you please blah, blah, blah. And then they pray to Satan. Lord, Satan, I tell you, blah, blah, blah. They're praying to the devil, and they don't realize it. And they think, oh, but I'm rebuking him. Where's that in the Bible? Where does it ever say to pray to the devil to rebuke him? Never. The foolishness of this procedure is something that... Uh, you know, I, I rebuke and re and call people to repent. If you want to pray about the enemy, what you do is you say, "Lord, would you please rebuke the evil one?" Even to, uh, yeah. Michael, when he was right there, face to face. Now that's a different issue, face to face with the enemy. You know, if there's a demonic manifestation in your room and you actually see something demonic, and then you address it, that's not a prayer, but you address it. Say, you know, the Lord rebuke you. Get away. In the name of Jesus, be gone. Okay, that's not the same thing as you're in your prayer language talking to God and you switch and start talking to the devil. Okay, there's foolishness all over Christian uh, campuses and churches all over the place. Foolishness. And they don't hold the word of God up high and say, can I even do this? Where is what I'm doing in Scripture? Praying to the devil. 
oh, I rebuke the devil, but I'm doing it. Oh, give me a break. So anyway, yeah. it should never be done. All right? And he's not to be messed with. Yeah, he's not to be trifled that. with. What we, Our advocate is Jesus Christ. Okay? The devil is incredibly yeah, powerful. Incredibly powerful. Yeah, they, assume that he's on, on, they, they assume he's omnipresent, too, whenever they... Yes, they're giving attributes. Saying Satan, I rebuke you, and that means he's everywhere at once. That's right, and there there you go. That's a very, very good point. Thanks for bringing that up because I'm going to put that in my arsenal. Because they're actually attributing to him attributes of God, because only God can hear all prayers simultaneously, etc., etc. Now they're saying that Satan can do it. Yeah. So the foolishness is there. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a great point. Good for you, man. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Holy no. Toledo. <laughs> we, we bless you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. All right, man? Sound good? All right, Matt. Well, good talking to you. Thank you for taking my call. All right, Cody. God bless. All right. Hey, let's get to Carrie from Boise, Idaho. Carrie, welcome. You're on the air. Hi. Hi there. Hi. I'm calling on behalf of Jimmy Smythe and myself. Okay. We both watched a video by John MacArthur, and John MacArthur was talking about Jesus' blood, and how he was saying it wasn't the blood that saved us. And I think his point was that it's his complete death. Um, it's not just the blood. But then Jimmy and I were discussing how there's a verse that says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So... We just want clarity. Is it the blood, or is it the blood and the broken body and the complete death? It is the shed blood that saves us. The Bible says in Leviticus, absolutely, watch, Leviticus 17.11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. It's the blood of Christ that makes atonement for our souls. Jesus bore our sin in his body on the cross, 1 Peter 2.24, and Leviticus 17.11 is right there. And I believe it's quoted in, I want to go Acts 13, I don't know if that's, I mean, not not Acts 13, Hebrews 13.8, let me see. Uh, Or is it 13.22? At any rate, yeah, it's, no, I'll I'll figure it out. So the thing is, it says, without shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins right there. And the blood of Christ cleanses us. Now, if MacArthur said that it's not the blood of Christ that saves us, then he's a heretic. But, I, but he's too good to have made a mistake like that. And certainly is the case, it could be the case, that he misspoke. I have certainly misspoken uh, while I'm preaching. It happens. I mean, you know, you're up there, you speak, you know, thousands of times. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm sure what he was meaning, and I need the quote. I need to see everything in context. I should talk about this if people are going to bring it up again. If someone knows what the context is, knows where I can go look at it and see exactly what he said, then I'd like to respond to that. But it's the blood of Christ as God in flesh that cleanses us. It's not just simply anybody's blood, but it has to be the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanses us. Okay? Okay, yeah, we can send that to you through Messenger. It's just like a two-minute clip. And I may have misunderstood what he was saying. So, um, Okay, well, thank you for the clarity. Yeah, and maybe you didn't, so who knows? Send it to me at info at karm.org, okay? okay. That'd be good. All right, thanks a lot, Terry. Thank you. All right. Hey, there's the music. Perfect timing, and I'm going to get out of here. May the Lord bless you, and by His grace, we'll be back on here tomorrow, and, Lord willing, we'll talk to you then. God bless everybody. 
I hope you have a great evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.